Hi, this is Anita from A Bus on a Dusty Road or from the Dusty Roads podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the Manchus or about China. We're going to now go to the country of China. If anyone saw the movie The Last Emperor, you you know see that you know the Last Emperor there. You see him when he's young. He sees kind of this um, you know the Forbidden City there, and he's really doesn't really understand anything about the world. You know, basically, he's basically spent his whole life in this little tiny uh, Forbidden City. That last emperor of China was actually a Manchu emperor. Like some people kind of get confused, like who are the Manchu and and why isn't he Chinese and aren't the Manchu Chinese? The Chinese government today identifies the Manchu people as a separate Chinese ethnic group. So in China, there's what they call the Han Chinese. And that's where you've got maybe like most of the Chinese population is what you call Han Chinese. Then the Chinese separates other people into what they call ethnic groups. And the Manchu people are in a separate ethnic group. So they are really not considered to be Han Chinese, which is Chinese. They will, yes, they'll be Chinese nationals, but their ethnicity is considered to be Manchu. Today, there's only about like 10.5 million Manchu people that are living in China. And they live mainly in very northern China. But yet this was a ethnic group that essentially ruled China, you know, for, for hundreds of years, basically. They were able to conquer China down through Beijing. And then they seated in what was known then as the Qing dynasty. And, you know, many of the Manchus, they, you know, left their estates because they only used estates as a hunting lodge. And then, you know, over time, the estates were sold, they were broken up and occupied by the Chinese. It's also true that over time, the Manchu bloodline has been watered down because many of the Manchu would intermarry with the Han Chinese. So unlike many of the other ethnic groups within China, very few Manchus today can still speak the Manchu language. This is not true of other ethnic groups. Many of them have kept their identity um, you know, very close. They, they, they like to speak their own language. But for the Manchus themselves, there's only a few hundred people that can really speak the Manchu language in China today. In 1895, in the parts of China where they lived in the very northern part of China, Japan had annexed that part of China. And so for a while, some of the Manchu lived under the rule of the Japanese. The Manchu ruled China for hundreds of years. And they actually contributed quite a bit to the Chinese society. In fact, they ruled China for over 250 years, from 1644 to 1911. You know, if you've seen The Last Emperor, that's when you saw that he left, in a, you know, about the collapse of the dynasty. That was in 1911. But here are some things which the Manchu people helped contribute to China. One is agriculture. For more than 2,000 years, the Manchus were an agricultural people, and they also raised animals. They're also expert horsemen, hunting and archery. They were very good at governance, and that's one of the reasons why they were able to control China for 250 years. Until the collapse of the Qing dynasty, the Manchus were um, expert in being able to control a large population of people. An example of this is how successful 
the Manchu um, Qing dynasty was for hundreds of years. Even though they were essentially the minority that was controlling the majority, they were still able to keep control and to do a lot there because they were really very good at governance. They were the ones that brought in the pickled vegetables. So the winters get very cold in that part of China. So the Manchu will eat a lot of pickled vegetables. This is similar to the uh, Korean cuisine that eats a lot of kimchi. And so the Manchu is kind of a little bit more similar to that because they're kind of like in that part of the world up there. Hot pot. There's a Manchurian hot pot. And, you know, that's quite famous. You see a lot of restaurants, you know, in the United States and other places that have a Manchurian hot pot. And they basically brought the hot pot, which includes mutton, pork, pickles, millet, soybeans, peas, and corn. They also like to grill meat. And they love to use soy sauce in their dishes. The Manchu also brought into China the three-quarter house. That The Manchu houses are built with three quarters. There's a middle house that serves as a kitchen and another two wings of a living house and a bedroom. So they sort of brought this sort of you know, courtyard type of houses into China. Heated beds. They're famous for their heated beds. I guess when you live in such a cold climate and it's so cold all the time, you want to make sure you have a bed that's warm. So they are famous for their heated brick beds. And these brick beds would be heated during the cold winter months. Kind of a bit like having an electric blanket we have today, except these guys were smart. You know, they had a bed that had this heated brick. So you could get right into that bed and you'd feel nice and warm and cozy. You know, had this raised up platform. They are also the uh, parts of China that brought in embroidery and high heels. The Manchu women had intricately embroidered silk clothes. And they also had the robes with the long baggy sleeves and the women would wear high heels to add to their height. The Manchu had pigtails for the men. The men braided their hair into a a kind of like a pigtail. So they shaved their entire head except for the pigtail. And actually when they ruled China, they forced the Chinese to do the same. The Chinese had to adopt the same hairstyle as them to show their loyalty so that's why in a lot of these pictures of, of China or old China, you see the men with the shaved head and the pigtail coming out. The Manchu emperors of the Qing dynasty, they believed in the patronage of the Chinese arts, scholarship and culture. So they supported a lot of the Chinese arts, the scholarship and the culture of China. But even though they supported these Chinese arts, they made huge attempts to try to keep the Manchurians or the Manchu people separate from the Chinese. And the reason is, is they wanted the Manchurians to remain as Manchurians and not become Chinese. So here are some things that they really wanted to continue. And one was the Manchu language. They wanted the Manchu people to keep the Manchu language. They urged the Manchu children to be given Manchurian education and not Chinese education. They discouraged that the Manchu and the Chinese would intermarry. The emperor wanted to keep the Manchu population an an ethically, you know, sort of like pure kind of population. And social integration. They did not believe in social integration. They wanted the Manchurians and the Chinese to be completely separate socially. It's interesting that despite all their efforts to keep this alive during the entire Qing dynasty, you know, you can say today that they failed because there's very few... Um, Manchurians who speak the Manchu language. Most of the Manchus have intermarried with the Chinese, and most of them would probably even identify themselves as Chinese and not Manchurian. So it's kind of interesting how, despite all of this, 
you could say in a sense that they really failed at this because they were not able to keep the Manchurians and the Chinese separate. You know, and it's interesting too to note that the Manchurian ethnic group, probably more than almost any of the other ethnic groups in China, have adopted and readily adopted the Chinese language, the culture, and were very quick to intermarry with the Han Chinese. We hope that you've enjoyed this uh, podcast and learned something a little bit about China that you did not know. You know, so much of the world and understanding the world and living life as a global citizen really has to do with understanding a little bit of history and culture. And And our goal kind of with all of this is to bring a little, that, little bit of that to you so that hopefully you have a different view and understand some things that maybe you didn't understand before. We hope that you will subscribe to our podcast of Dusty Roads and that you will Join with us in living life as a global citizen and check out our blog called A Bus on a Dusty Road. Thank you so much for listening. We truly do appreciate you.